0: Technology has advanced enough. There must be an easier way to do this than just clapping before the episode. It works
1: just fine. Next week we'll be whistling.
0: <laughs> oh God, whistling! It's like synchronized swimming in the air. <laughs>
1: what? Did you eat an edible? What's going on?
2: Yeah, I'm so thrown off by this. Am
0: I having a stroke? <laughs> I'm mean
1: so.
2: You're like the youngest one here. This should be happening. Call nine one one. Isn't it cinnamon or is it strawberries?
0: I think it's uh, smoke. I thought
2: it was burnt
1: toast. Burnt Burnt toast? toast. Okay. Thank God one of us is a doctor.
0: Hello and welcome to Can We Save the Cat, an entertainment and writer's room podcast where we throw some ideas into the arena, let them fight to the death like gladiators and develop the last concept standing into the next hit film or TV show. In the end, we'll decide whether we want to save the cat or scratch it. I'm one of your lovely hosts, Danny Hanks, writer and director.
1: I'm one of your other hosts, Jess Eugene, producer and writer.
2: And I am sometimes the third and final host, Brian Hayes, writer, actor, and producer.
0: And today we actually have an amazing guest, the author of the awesome sci-fi books The Scorching and Ashes, Libby Duncan. Welcome, Libby.
2: Hi, Hi there. Libby.
3: You already said what I do. I am Libby Duncan, young adult sci-fi author, and I'm very excited to be here.
1: But you do have a third book coming out, right?
3: I do, actually. Yeah, my third book, Petrichor, is coming out in January of 2021.
2: Nice. January. Awesome. Libby, I wanted, before we started, I had a question for you. Justin and I can't help but notice that in your book series, there is a character named Longview, and we grew up in a town in Texas called Longview. Is that a coincidence? I think not. (laughs)
3: Uh, it is a little bit of a coincidence, technically, although maybe I'm slightly clairvoyant. I don't know. But uh, I do have family there in Longview. I'm from Texas as well.
1: Yeehaw.
2: Serendipitous East Texas kind of uh, grouping there for you. So that's pretty cool.
0: It is. I am surrounded.
2: You. Are, it, is, it is three to one Texans versus Californian, New Yorkian?
0: Although I will probably say I'm I'm probably the only one that says y'all Oh no, I say y'all That's not oh, great. Brian There's definitely says
2: y'all I definitely say y'all I will never let y'all die
3: yeah. I say it so much that my phone autocorrects tall to y'all <laughs> Hashtag goals yep. yes.
1: I'm the only one I think that does not say it
3: It's a real thing As an English teacher and modern languages uh, student I can definitely confirm that it's a legitimate word nice nice i feel like most texans can kind of turn it off and turn it on at this point
1: see i i did it doesn't happen to me like people always say when you drink or when you go home like i don't have that you're
0: missing out you are
1: i can't even do it when i do it now it sounds like i'm like making fun of it that's tragic because my everyone's always like oh do your text i don't have it
0: (laughs) as it creeps out (laughs) 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 fuck off All right, y'all, shall we start pitching some stuff?
1: Let's start. I'm excited.
0: Let's start with Justin.
1: Um, so I had a dream, guys. (laughs) And in this dream, some stuff happened. And I woke up and I immediately went to my voice memo and put it down and could not get back into the dream to finish the story, which is awful. So therefore, maybe you guys can finish it for me. So (laughs) shut up, Brian. You know you want to. I've been spitting fire lately, okay? So a group of people have gone to check on a hospital and are coming back from that hospital in a plane, just like 10 or 12 people. And the plane is in the midst of like having some malfunction. And it's going to crash. And all 12 people in the plane realize it's going to crash. So there's all these moments of like dealing with conflict, trying to deal with some resolutions with each other. And the plane crashes into a building. And that's literally where I woke up. But there was some really good dialogue and stories within the plane crash. Because like if everyone knows they're going to die, things come out. Some people try things, things like that, kind of like this life or death situation. And then, like, the plane crashes. Could they live or do they die? Then deal with the results.
2: I have to ask a question. You said they try some things. Like, does somebody just have, like, a bag of heroin and everybody's like, well... (laughs) They just
0: try some
1: things. No, no. A guy makes a move on a girl.
0: I'm laughing
2: because, like, the most
0: recent dream that I can remember is that I was a mouse running around in a grocery (laughs) store. So I'm like,
3: this is, this is rich.
1: Drastically different.
3: It is definitely intense.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm a big dreamer, guys, okay? So who's following that?
0: (laughs) I guess I will. I I already got started. Um, So... I am on this Facebook free like buy nothing Upper East Side. It's a Facebook group where it's like people give away a lot of secondhand stuff for free, and I was like thinking in the realm of maybe a little sci-fi comedy something. And what came to mind was in the realm of ET slash Flubber, like somebody gives something away. You know, this was my husband's, and it's like a space rock, and. Out of the space rock hatches an alien <laughs> and you can have like a cute little funny alien baby that's super intelligent in weird ways and like not in others and like comedy of errors trying to get this little alien baby back to its home planet.
2: Danny, have you seen The Mandalorian? Because <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble.
0: I have not seen The Mandalorian. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> is-
1: Danny's all about pitching things that have just happened recently.
0: God. Damn it. That
1: is the exact plot of The Mandalorian.
0: Well then, I literally have not seen, I've seen like a few of the Star Wars movies. I know nothing about The Mandalorian except for Baby Yoda, but now this makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, that's, that's Baby Yoda. And The Mandalorian is who's trying to get him back home, but they don't really know where home is because it's a baby, so...
0: Okay, so that, but a a slapstick comedy, like The Hangover.
2: Exactly. There you go. Okay, so it's separated. Salvageable. Yeah, that's pitchable. Okay, I will go next. My pitch is brought to us by a follower on Instagram. Shout out to Madam Mindy, who sent me this. She almost maybe meant it as a joke, but she was like, you should pitch a story about my life. And when I started thinking about it, I started thinking about when I met Mindy working for a Fortune 500 company, desk job, etc. And I was thinking about when she was single. And at that point in time, she was a single mom with a couple of daughters and one of which special needs and was working that job as well as being a police officer So my pitch is a single mom of three that works two jobs, including one as a police officer. Uh, Her partner dies, and she has to figure out which comes first, family, duty,
1: or fury.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Yeah. So Mel Gibson's in it.
0: (gasps) Family or revenge. Nice.
1: So
2: shout out to Mindy. And to round us out, we have Libby Duncan. Libby? What you got?
3: All right. So here's my pitch. Uh, In the near future, a teen girl's family crosses the Canadian border to escape climate change and civil war in America. An accident leads to the discovery of a mysterious genetic disorder and throws their lives into chaos. Her parents are deported and she is abducted, first by the CIA and then by aliens she must choose whether to save her family or save an alien family she never knew existed, all while trying to graduate from high school without anyone finding out the truth.
2: Whoa.
0: So this has been Can We Save the Cat? That's our (laughs) logline.
2: That is so awesome. Okay, That sounds flushed out. It kind of does, but I've got... Okay.
3: I wanna hear more.
0: I do
2: too. I the don't team have drama more. me definitely actually, will take this.
3: It started a lot different. This was this is kind of the second version of the pitch, but that's that's pretty much what I have.
2: Okay. Let's let's vote. Um I'm actually we're gonna start we're we're gonna go in reverse order. We're gonna start with Libby.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean can't we just do like uh three, two, one, Libby? Like <laughs>
2: I I think so, but we're for the for the. We sake. want to know who
1: Libby would choose out of us, okay?
0: All righty. That's really the only important part. Who's
1: your favorite, Libby? Who's your favorite? That's
3: basically that's a,
2: what You this guys
0: is. are awful.
3: <laughs> this is not how it normally goes. I have listened to your podcast. This is unfair. Okay.
2: I'll go first. I choose Libby. All right, Danny. <laughs> I choose Libby.
1: All right, Justin. I choose myself. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: No, no, I choose Libby. Thank
3: you, Justin. Um, okay. So I obviously, I mean, I'm excited to talk about mine, but if I had to pick one of your pitches, I think I would go with Brian's because uh, I definitely relate. I'm a, you know, I'm a single mom and trying to juggle a lot in my life as well. So I can totally relate to Mindy's story and it also sounds totally badass. So
1: yeah, it'd be cool to write an action movie.
0: I mean, it's interesting because it sounds like there are a lot of, speaking of family, there are a lot of thematic elements that are a little bit mixed between the two. Like you have this prioritization of one family versus Mm -hmm. another family. Yeah, Tell us a little bit more about um, where you kind of saw this coming from and and trajectory and any other details that you you might want to share.
3: Well, it is a little bit inspired uh, from my life. I found out not too long ago that I have a genetic disorder And it's actually, it's, you know, it's a challenge to deal with. And, uh, I guess trying to romanticize it and try and make the best of it. I was like, what if it's only a genetic disorder because I'm on earth? And what if I were actually an alien? And so that's kind of where the idea came from. And so that's, uh, kind of where I was thinking of it going with, with this character as well. And the original idea was to have it set in Marfa, Texas, I don't know if you oh. guys have heard of Marfa, Texas. Uh, there's I have. an alien sort of conspiracy there. It's called the Marfa Lights, and so I was going to kind of run with that and suggest that the Marfa Lights are real. And this genetic disorder, hers would be different from mine. There's there's one called Marfan syndrome, and I maybe it's kind of cheesy. Marfan, Marfa, and they're <laughs> from Mars. Oh, I love it. So
1: just cheesy enough.
3: Yes, um, I actually thought maybe that she could eventually go back there. Like maybe that's the origin of it is still Marfa, but they're in Canada for the beginning.
1: Yeah. She has to find the lights.
3: Yeah.
0: To, to meet her family. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a cool, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, um, so go over the, 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 first part of the pitch again, she crosses over into Canada to kind of get away from all the strife that's going on. Um, when she gets there, Are you saying that like where she has to kind of figure out her priorities? And first off, she's obviously still in high school. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. So then when you say that like she's still trying to do all this while juggling high school, is this, I'm assuming this is now in Canada. Like all of the previous stuff is just backstory.
3: Uh, Yeah. I I think I would want to probably start like the inciting event would be the accident that she has that reveals this genetic disorder that she has. And I think, you know, I think they would have had to have moved there years ago. So this would be sort of an ongoing thing like that's happening in the past because it wouldn't make sense for just her parents to get deported whenever this accident happens because she she would not be a citizen either. But I don't know if they have like a thing there in Canada where if you're born there, you're a citizen or maybe... They went through the process for her, but her family gets deported.
0: So I have a I have a concept playing with um, some of the stuff from your log line. I remember originally you said something about climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Fleeing the United States partially because of climate change and thinking about the climates of Texas and Canada. They're very different. And thinking about the climates of Earth and Mars, also very different. So the thing that comes to mind is like, what if this thing that they're fleeing is you know, they're kind of fleeing global warming in a sense, because normal humans can't stand the heat. But because of her genetic disorder, she actually is more comfortable in Texas, but like they bring her to Canada anyway. And that's partially why she gets sicker and why she has to come back to kind of find her family in the lights. You know, I know, it's really tempting right this very second for me to also go down the Civil War route. But I think to make it a little bit more timeless, um, following the climate change might be really interesting, because that's something that's completely inevitable. I mean, politics, who knows where we'll be in four years, eight years, but climate change, we're all pretty sure where we're going to be.
3: And what the thought that I had was not necessarily that Civil War would be totally a, a political thing, but just that you know, once climate change becomes that severe that people are having to flee certain areas that Mm. it would be like a climate war, but also, you know, there might be, you know, in America, we're very likely to take sides and it would, you know, become sort of a climate civil war, I guess. But I do love the idea that you have about climate being tied to her condition. And Really, I mean, Marfa is, it's a really small town, like out in the middle of the desert, so it would have some things in common with Mars. The only problem, of course, would be that Mars is cold, and... Oh, (laughs) but...
1: (laughs) Great job, Danny. I mean, we could... Good research.
3: Well, we could kind of play with that still, because, like, uh, day after tomorrow, uh, climate change causes the Earth to become really cold. Right. So... Maybe going to Canada would still make sense because they're better suited to survive with the cold climate and so their society is holding up better or something.
0: Right. And that could also be part of kind of her origin story as to why there's only one person with this genetic proclivity is that, you know, the reason why there are lights in uh, this small town is because they keep trying to land there, because for some reason, it's easier to land there than it is to land anywhere else in the world. Um, but it's too hot, you know, and that could be something too. Um, and then maybe instead of having to go back to Texas, she has to flag them down in the northern hemisphere where it's a little bit cooler Mm -hmm. but yeah maybe those
1: lights lead to something she needs to get and move it to a better climate where they can travel
0: like they're trying to retrieve something
1: like those lights are like a path to somewhere they help you like find a it's like a puzzle like she finds this thing she gets it and then she has to take it somewhere else where like they could actually land versus the desert or something right so
3: that's not actually aliens landing there it's like a a signal you're saying message yeah
1: yeah it's like a signal that, or signal message they've left behind for anyone that gets lost. But I need to step in. Is this going to be a TV show or a movie? That's kind of what I wanted to start with. Oh, did you? Even though I just did it? Well, I was trying to get there. Were you? My bad. Uh, I vote TV show, by the way.
3: Um, you know, I normally write books. So this whole idea is really new to me. But I kind of think that a TV show would work. Um My gut as an author, I would say like a three series, like a trilogy, but with a TV show, you could maybe break it up, especially with the whole high school drama side of things and, you know, trying to hide. Well, you could write
1: three seasons of it basically. And then from there you could like see where it goes. Like any TV show, they only go kind of like a certain amount of seasons. Then they kind of figure it out from there sometimes. I kind
2: of want to ask one thing and then that'll kind of lead me what path I'm thinking. What is the I guess this might be what we need to figure out. What is our plot for this first bit? Like, what are we trying to accomplish now? More importantly, what is our character trying to accomplish in the immediate? Because in my mind, I could see this being a trilogy of of films and it going sort of like the first one is very much the origin story, right? Her very much deciding what her hierarchy of things will be, where her loyalties first and foremost will lie. Which I think could actually be a really interesting segue into the next few aspects of our trilogy, right? Like, so whatever side she goes with, it could lead into a conflict, a greater conflict in the, in the second or third one. So we like could. Like
0: the Lord of the Rings style.
2: Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Um, I'm also really thinking, to be very honest, I'm really thinking like early Marvel films. How they start very, very small and very focused on the characters. And then as they became Marvel and became the Avengers and everything. And I'm not saying we need a team, but I'm saying the world, like it got so big. But if you go back and watch some of the earlier films, they're very, very small. And so like, for instance, the very first Iron Man is very much a character driven film. And then later on, he goes in off-world and fights other things. So we could start with a very small character film at the beginning, then take it into something else. You can't really do that, in my mind, with a TV series.
0: I want to tack on to that a little bit, because I think this is also similar to the question that you're asking. And I think the reason why that trilogy structure might be enticing, specifically in that kind of realm is that a lot of Marvel movies and uh, Lord of the Rings and all of this stuff is based on literary material, like it's based on pre existing um, books, and you have to basically have that origin story and then their first tribulation, or sometimes they start in the middle, and then they go back and do the prequel. I guess my question is, uh, Libby, do you see this happening a lot as sections of her life? that are happening in a sequence? Or do you see it happening all kind of at the same time where it's this alien drama mixed in with the teen drama, mixed in with her family? Because I think if it's um, the latter, then I would go with like a limited series style, trying to weave those together in ways where each separate plot line influences the other to come to a conclusion at the end.
3: So I guess I kind of do see it as... Maybe the first season or first movie or, you know, first book would be, you know, her trying to, first of all, decide what to do and who decide with. And then in the end, making that decision. And so she would be like the first part would be her still in Canada, trying to figure everything out and also juggle her social life and her school. And so I think it would be segmented. And then I was thinking maybe in the second Part, she would then go back to Marfa. And then in the third part, Mars.
2: Hmm. Okay, so in that situation, I definitely like the idea of a trilogy, whether it be, gosh, if you want to go into crazy detail, like Justin mentioned, you could do a three-season TV yeah. show. But in my mind...
1: Well, it depends how much you want to use the other characters in the show, then it's TV. Yeah, I think if it's that's just going to be one important... character's journey, yeah, and they're going to leave Canada and have basically a whole section in Texas and a whole section on Mars, then then it becomes more of a trilogy series or limited series, whatever it might be, because it's each each environment is its own story.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. The, the other question I would have is, Libby, are there good guys and bad guys, or are there just different sides?
3: Uh, I would say I don't want to go to, like, black and white on who is the good guy or the bad guy. I think initially it might seem like this intelligence agency that she gets abducted by, like, maybe, like, they're the bad guys. But, of course, they have their motives and they, they think they're the good guys, of course. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit muddled.
2: Okay. I love that. Um, I think
1: every story kind of has that where, like, somebody can change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So in that case, I, I am more and more leaning, um, trilogy of films. And I'm more and more leaning this idea that the first one is very small, more focused on her as a character. I love that the second one, she goes back to Marfa and it could sort of be. So in my mind, the first, um, you mentioned that she gets abducted by the CIA and then by aliens. And you could kind of play with that and kind of mirror the first two films. As like the first film, the big climax could be her abduction by the CIA. Then in the second film, she goes back to Marfa where they have a station set up or something. She goes to confront them, realizes, okay, these aren't necessarily as bad as I thought they were. They're just trying to win this quote-unquote war. Um, And they're fighting it sort of on two fronts, intergalactically and here at home in the civil war that is still raging. And then the third one can be now that she's figuring out the CIA, or the, uh, I guess you would say, humanity side of it, now she has to go and figure out the Martian side of it as well, or Marfin side of it as well, if you will.
0: So what that brought up for me was the question of what is her actual origin? Like, where did she come from? And is this a genetic mutation in a human? Or is she part alien? Because I think what came to mind when you said, you know, paralleling the cia abduction and the alien abduction was if she is an alien like wasn't she kind of abducted as a child by humans and humanity and i feel like that would be the story paralleling the first epic movies like that's the inciting incident and then we watch her deal with all of this stuff but yeah that's what do you think libby
1: unless the aliens inserted the baby in the mother without her knowing
0: right and that's I mean, that parallels uh, hijacking and abduction in a completely different way, but it's still kind of the same. Yeah, so
1: it depends which way you go with that stuff.
3: That's very X-Files. I hadn't thought of that. Um, So what I had actually originally thought was that this would be a genetic disorder in that aliens have been on Earth for, you know, centuries or thousands of years trying to create a hybrid species that can survive on both planets. Okay.
1: So how did how did she did the aliens themselves somehow like were a parent a donor like how did that how did she get involved out of the parents I guess get involved.
3: So it's pat it's passed down. She's not the only one. There's yeah. this whole community oh, gotcha. of other people. She's just like she's the first one that's like the perfect hybrid, and that's why gotcha she's gotcha. so important.
1: So she's a part of this community. And doesn't even know it,
3: right? And that is actually, as far as the high school drama goes in the first part, she would be introduced to this community of people who have the same genetic disorder. And some of them are considered crazy because they have this conspiracy theory about aliens and everything and she doesn't believe it. and uh, But what she does is she becomes friends with them and she has to It changes her life because before all of this happened, she was really popular and she had this one click of friends that she hung out with. And then afterwards, she's introduced all these like nerdy, you know, this this new community of people and she actually finds that she likes them. And there could even be like a romantic thing that happens with that.
0: Yeah, so I'd say that that's your that's your inciting incident for the first film. You know, we have the status quo of her being popular, her being normal, but abnormal at the same time and not really knowing it. And then the introduction is really what sets us off into the first act of the film. Okay, and so then, yeah, go ahead, Brian.
2: I like the idea of Justin's sort of MacGuffin of the Marfa Lights. So this group of martians are stranded on earth and their way of communicating back to mars is via the marfa lights and that's what they've been trying to do and during this time that they've been stuck they've just been procreating and living life and going on like normal but it also explains why there's this high population of genetic uh, disorder in this small town so that could be kind of like your way in my plot thought is do they have to make it to Canada? Could it be something where her parents they realize that she is the perfect quote unquote specimen and her parents are trying to get her out of this town because they're scared of what the aliens are actually going to be doing and using her for. Because of that they flee and attempt to go to Canada but then are stopped and the CIA has been following yeah, this whole I was thing. Say-
0: And that's when she gets scooped up by the CIA. That's when she
2: gets scooped up. When they attempt to flee this Marfa, she gets scooped up by the CIA. The CIA can take her to upstate New York, close to the Canadian border. You know, we can have the climax of her escaping the the CIA, et cetera. That's when she goes to Canada and starts kind of starts over a new life, if you will.
0: All right. I like that. Yeah, I think that would be a really interesting... um... I mean, that kind of sounds like our first film. And then our second film is picking up with her in Canada and the inciting incident being her deciding that she wants to go back to Marfa. So
2: it's kind of like reversing it. Yeah. And, And I think you can play a lot with this idea of the friendships and everything and the romances and all that. We can play with that for the first half of the film because once she's discovered as this perfect specimen... That's when her parents are trying to get her out of there. She gets abducted by the CIA. She could at first be really torn because her love interest is back in Marfa, but the Canadian border is right there. Like that's where her parents were trying to get her to. And so it's like, you know, does she choose to go back and be with her friends in Marfa without really understanding what's waiting for her there? Or does she do fulfill her parents' wishes and go across the Canadian border? Yeah. I actually
3: really love that because... My initial idea for the accident that she gets into revolves around um, the Texas culture of football, and she's a cheerleader, and she's a flyer, and she <laughs> gets dropped, and that is sort of the inciting um, incident as far as her discovering this, oh, that's awesome. this disorder.
0: I love it. Cool.
3: Yeah. So yeah, having her right. still be in Texas in the beginning, it really it works for my original idea, and I love okay. it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I guess my question is, since we've sort of very, very roughly scratched out, uh, very, very quickly roughed out out the first movie, I understand her trip to Canada. I guess my question is, are we picking up with her older in life where she's kind of now that she's escaped, she's like, I'm going to start a new life and I'm going to be up here for a bit. And then she kind of looks back at everything that's happening in the news and she's like, wait this stuff that I was involved in when I was in high school, all of this is real, like this is actually happening. And that's why she goes back. Because for me right now, it's looking more like two movies rather than three, if if the second movie is going to be her trip back and eventually well, or the third
3: being truly on Mars. So with that, I guess we could have her not be abducted either until like maybe the beginning of the second one abducted by aliens and that's the thing that makes her realize that it's actually all real and that's what makes her want to go home because once she sees their side of it she wants to help them even though it kind of puts everything at risk
2: so that's exactly exactly what i was thinking first one ends with her being abducted and having to break out and then her decision between marfa and canada um Tragically, in my mind, I see her parents dying, and that's kind of why she decides to like fulfill their last wishes. To Danny's point, I kind of see it like a six to six to 12 months later thing.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: well, for sure.
2: And so she's still not over this decision to leave. That way, her friends and her love interest can still be very much at the front of her mind when she is abducted. So yeah, I see that being she gets abducted, sees their side of it comes down to marfa um i don't really i can't i can't really figure out what the exci- the inciting incident and uh, or not the inciting incident but i guess the climax of the second film would be but i do see the third film as sort of the martian's presence are known now like something happens in the second one to make the presence known gotcha and now it's the idea of coexist versus war and she's caught in between
0: Yeah, what comes to mind is it sounds like in very broad strokes, the first movie is about kind of her running away from who she is unknowingly, you know, but the second movie is investigating and discovering and coming into who she is. And then the third would be about outwardly and outspokenly being who she is and being the middleman between humanity and the Martians kind of like more concretely.
3: Oh as far as her being the middleman. And it kind of runs with a theme that we had talked about earlier with the good and bad sides of things. So the Marfa community of alien hybrids is generally just pretty good. But the ones that abduct her, once they discover her like genetic sequence or whatever, they realize they can use it to invade Earth. So there's this like, faction of them that are like violent and there's this faction that just want to use it so that they can sort of coexist peacefully. There we go. That sets up our whole third movie.
2: Yeah. And I was about to say, what if? war. Well... The,
0: thr- the threat, the threat of intergalactic war.
2: So, so the third film, I really love this idea of going to Mars. How do we get there? Because from what it's sounding to me, like they're gon- going to come earth and it's about stopping that how do we get to mars because i love this idea of like marfa to canada canada to marfa and then mars as our like finale
1: what if she has a love interest that gets taken to mars and she like wants to go connect with them
0: i mean i was also gonna say like the first half of the movie is like trying to prepare earth and then your midpoint would be like this is not gonna work I got to go to Mars, like in order to kind of finish up the alliance between Mars and earth and really stop this at nip it in the bud as, as you would.
2: If we're going YA with this, which to me sounds like we are, um, I actually really like Justin's idea of it being the love interest. Yeah. I think you could establish her love interest from the beginning of the very first movie. When she goes back in the second one, she reconnects with them and realizes like, this is my person. They're the one that gets taken in the third one. And that's what triggers her to like, have to go after them.
0: And she has to go after them because they are not as genetically pristine as she is. Right? She knows that the longer that her love interest stays on Mars, the more she's going to I I automatically made her love interest a woman. Uh, But the more her love interest is going to suffer and potentially die.
1: This is why I keep you around, Danny. Make all my ideas that much better.
3: I just make them gay. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you mention in a previous episode, didn't you mention a cheerleader dating a female football player?
0: Yeah, I did. did. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is it. Oh, my God. We did it, guys. My little queer heart so happy. Full circle.
2: Y'all, That's we did it. Um, Yeah, I, I love that. I also thought of a plot point for the CIA. And the reason why we could tie it back into global warming is because they are looking for alternate places to live. And because she has this ability to function very easily on both, they could be trying to like use her.
0: They want to like mass produce some kind of pill or something that allows people to do what she can do. Right. That way it's kind of like you have the two bad guys. You have the CIA who's trying to make things better for Earth and you have the Martians who are trying to infiltrate. And that's
2: how you don't have bad guys or good guys. You have gray areas of both. I
0: love
1: it. Well, I was a fan of Libby beforehand and now I'm a fan of Libby again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is like the little sci-fi teen drama series that my little heart needs.
1: Exactly. My
0: little queer
2: heart. (laughs) I guess I'll kind of move it along. Does anybody have any like final things they want to throw in? Any final thoughts? I'm still not 100% of where our arc is on the third one. I think we're mostly there. And I think adding the love interest really helps it for me. But um, I mean, I think we've got like at least the first and, and most of the second nailed down. Is there?
3: Yeah. How did you see this ending? You know, I'm thinking maybe there's someone on Mars who's more neutral. And she meets up with him there like a scientist or something who figures out a way to sort of please both sides sort of facilitate a truce somehow. Maybe the scientist instead of Wrapping up more of the genetic thing, maybe it could be more on the climate change end. And he thinks that he's found a solution to climate change, like terraforming or something.
2: Yeah, that's where my head was leaning at first. Um, The idea that they could create something to allow recyclables to process faster or something like that or or garbage to process faster excuse me um and and that's what allows earth to be more sustainable going forward therefore earth is happy uh martians are happy because they're not trying to take over um yeah
0: i love that and i think one of the things is uh whatever they learn should in part come from the martians because then it's like a transfer of ideas it's emerging brings them in and it's also like you could reveal some history on mars too like oh how do you think that we survive the extreme colds like there were millions of years of evolution and we are so far more advanced than humans and insofar as our technology and this is how we do it
2: yeah i'm into that for sure the idea of it being climate change related love it cool um
1: are we ready for the moment
2: i i think i am i'm very i'm very 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 excited about this
1: <laughs> and we'll be right back danny's gonna go to the log line and when she comes back we will see if we will save the cat or scratch it
0: there's so much pressure oh, no.
2: hey everyone just a quick reminder as always that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only these ideas are fresh new and sometimes submitted by you Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy.
1: And we're back. Danny's going to pitch us a log line, and then we're going to go around the room and see if we save the cat or scratch it. All right, Danny, take it away.
0: A Light in the Desert is an epic sci-fi movie trilogy. When a young teen learns she was born with a genetic disorder that allows her to withstand extreme climates, she meets a group of similar individuals in Marfa, Texas, who believe the genes are passed down from aliens. I got it. I love it. Yeah. They left it as a true log line.
1: All right, I will go first. I do plan to save it. I originally thought it would be a TV series when I originally looked at it, but once we get into the nitty gritty it sounds like a movie trilogy uh and it sounds like it's a pretty cool pathway because in ways it's been done before but in so many ways it hasn't it's modern and relevant but it also like has like your classic kind of like you know your love stories type things you're like you're going through life you're like growing up uh just in a different way so yeah I save it uh Brian
2: oh i um <sighs> I want to preface this by saying I think I say this almost every week at this point because I think we're getting that good. And I'm not trying to humble brag, but I'm humble bragging.
0: Next week is going to be so bad.
2: Oh, it probably is. It probably is. It's going to be awful.
1: We're going to be canceled. Um,
2: You can't even cancel a podcast. We're going to get canceled after next week. It's going to be so garbage. Um, This is my favorite pitch to date. I cannot stress enough how much I love this. I want to steal it from Libby and immediately start writing How dare writing you make it. that
1: comment in front of your video. Oh, <laughs> I how dare you
2: cannot stress enough how much I love this. I'm like geeking out. I love sci-fi. I love the idea of it being a little like YA young adult. Like that really, really appeals to me. I save it so freaking hard. <laughs>
1: Whoa. Uh Danny.
0: So even though Brian is wrong, and the best idea on the podcast was clearly my short film about lobsters, (laughs) um, I 100% save it. I really love it. Um, I also was still on board of it being like a series, and now I really see it as kind of a movie trilogy, and I feel like it could have that um, the heft and weight of like a like a Lord of the Rings, Dune. I mean, a lot of those are coming from books, and I think it would make an awesome book as well. Um, So yeah, I definitely save it. I think it's a really, really cool idea. And I'm really happy that I got to play in a realm that I don't usually play in, which is sci-fi.
2: All right, Libby, finish this off. Do you like where we took your idea?
3: I love it. And I totally save it a million times saved. And honestly, the direction you guys took it in Everything that you guys contributed really helped flesh this out as far as pitching it as a movie instead of what I'm more familiar with, you know, being books. I really love the idea of it as a film.
2: Awesome! Uh, four
3: saves
2: that makes me happy i yeah i marvel movies sci-fi movies we were talking in the break that mass effect is my favorite gaming series like i just love anything that's super nerdy and this is just right up my alley guys get ready because the next like 30 pitches for me are going to be sci-fi until one sticks and we get to do this again
0: Oh my gosh! Although I am really glad that we uh, looped back in my football player cheerleader teen idea, teen lesbian drama. Thanks, Libby, for bringing that back because that was great.
2: That's one of the better callbacks. Um, okay, I think we're going to finish it off with a "What are you watching?" Uh, we will start with let's go, let's go, Danny.
0: So I actually watched a TV show that a listener recommended: "United States of Tara." I watched the first season of United States of Terra. Um, It's a like drama with a little bit of comedy about a mom with DID who's trying to kind of dig into where it came from. And it was really great. I mean, it was it was very, um, very early aughts. Like it it was very what it was, which is great. It was great to see um, a lot of good people. Brie Larson was on it. It's executive produced by Steven Spielberg. I mean, it was like a pretty solid, decent series as far as, you know, how it compares with Significant Others, which was what we kind of played with a number of episodes ago. It's probably a little bit more serious. And spoiler alert, it might get like near the end of the season. It gets a little darker and like in a way that people with DID might be uh, opposed to. But it's very good. There are three seasons of it. I watched the first season. Great character work. The actress is phenomenal. Thank you so much for for sending the recommendation.
1: Five stars. Justin,
2: what are you watching?
1: So, very exciting for Brian. I uh, had some time, so I watched uh, Dragon Ball Z Super all 10 seasons. Very animated, Brian. You should be very proud of me
2: brian is so upset (laughs) you're gonna throw an animated show out and you start with anime that's not the same thing justin i know it's a whole different genre libby was very excited i want to point out she was i love anime (laughs) yeah
3: yeah um dragon ball but yeah
1: dragon ball z was like a really big show for me when i was in like seventh grade i had a huge crush on bulma
3: (laughs) i actually have cosplayed as bulma before don't look at my instagram (laughs)
1: <laughs> i actually know that but i'm gonna move on past that uh yes yeah, so i watched all 10 seasons of dragon Ball super which didn't know existed i i mean brian i i got closer to animated shows you know closer
2: that's really awesome i'm i'm actually really proud of you um i again all 10 like seasons yeah that's just a weird one for i would have never thought that Especially because so we've mentioned so many different movies and TV shows on this podcast
1: alone. But I feel like when we were in middle school or seventh grade or whatever it was. Like that was like, oh the yeah, cool show that was watch. the show. Yeah, so I was, it was. I saw it and it popped up. I Was like, oh yeah, that was really cool when we were like little. I was like, I wonder what it's like now.
2: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, we'll go to uh, Libby next. What are you? What are you watching this week? Or what did you watch this week?
3: Uh, well. The only thing I've had time to watch this past week was the new episode of The Mandalorian, which was awesome, especially because my pandemic watch has been to re-watch all the Star Wars content that exists on Disney+. Plus. And uh, I also just, I, as far as animated stuff goes, I watched Clone Wars and Rebels for the first time. So, uh, you know, the watching The Mandalorian. Time. Yeah, this was the first time for me to watch it. So,
2: Wow. The Clone Wars is like upper pantheon of just animated shows in general. Like, oh, it's so good. I did
3: watch it. I watched the finale of Clone Wars, like simultaneously with uh, Revenge of the Sith.
0: And I felt like, like,
3: oh, my God, I I actually cried, like, because the the fall of Anakin was so much more tragic after watching Mm -hmm. the Clone Wars.
2: Oh, yeah. I will say Mandalorian season two, a lot better than Mandalorian season one in my mind so far. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of coming around, maybe not as much to Baby Yoda, but definitely to the second season.
1: Grace would be so happy.
2: She would be. She would be. Um, I will round us off. Uh, I watched the Hulu original Christmas movie, Happiest Season. Um, here, Here's what I'm going to say representation matters and when you see something like that that is a traditional christmas movie traditional plot structure but it features a lesbian couple prominent front and center it it especially when it's well done which it really was well done and can i just say throw dan levy in literally anything and I'm, I'm gonna watch it the dude is amazing so um i i really really enjoyed that movie uh Aubrey Plaza was an entire mood that movie. Kristen Stewart's hair was an entire mood that movie. I really loved that. Um, I also want to finish it off with uh, something that Justin found for Danny and I. This is really, really fun. We've had a few callbacks this episode, and this uh, this is another one to add on. There is a film that just released a trailer coming out this Christmas. It is called Promising Young Woman, stars Carrie Mulligan, Adam Brody, good cast. Um It is our third episode. It is Seeking Arraignments.
0: Sugar Daddy Serial Killer.
2: Sugar Daddy Serial Killer. She is a sex worker who basically acts a little too intoxicated. And based on what the guys, how they react to that, basically decides whether or not she's going to let them live. And it is... It's cool to see things that we're like, oh, this was something we thought was original that Hollywood. <laughs>
0: exactly. There are no original ideas. Got our, got our finger on the pulse.
1: Well, once again, we always do the show hoping that these ideas we have get made. And even if they're not made by us, it's kind of cool. Like, there's an idea we wanted to see, and now we can see it.
0: Yeah. Although, you know, if, if you want to hire us to make these ideas, just putting it out there, we'd be very happy with Danny
1: that. Danny is available.
0: I am 100% available.
1: Everyone knows where they can find me.
2: Seeking Arraignments was a three save. We all saved Seeking Raymond so we very clearly wanted to watch it. Now we can. Out on Christmas, it is Promising Young Woman. I encourage you all to watch it. Listen to our episode three podcast. Let us know what you like better. Hope it's a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also would like to say uh, I've read both of Libby's books, The Scorching and Ashes. I know the third one's coming out, but if you haven't, you should definitely pick that up. Uh, I believe you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and I think the first book is on Audible as well. So if you guys haven't, you should check it out. Uh, it's a great book. They're both great books, actually. And uh, when the next one comes out, definitely check it out.
2: Yep. Libby, speaking of, why don't you give us uh, your handle? Let everybody know where they can find you. And um, obviously, we kind of know what you've been up to. But if you have any, any parting words, uh, yeah.
3: All right, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at author Libby Duncan. It's L-I-B-B-I. But yeah, I hope to connect with you guys all on there, and uh, I'm excited for you know what comes next. This is my first trilogy, my first series, and as you can see, I've got more ideas ready, and uh, I'm excited to pursue them.
2: Well, thank you so much. Uh, we've really, really appreciated you. Um... Justin, where can the people find you?
1: You can find me uh, on all platforms at Justin Eugene. Pretty easy to find because I'm the best. Um <laughs> many of you have been Instagramming me lately, which is awesome. Keep sending messages, keep making fun of Brian. It's awesome. We like it.
0: I'm Danny Hanks. You can find me at official Danny Hanks. And thank you so much, Libby, for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it.
2: And I am Brian Hayes. You can find me at Bredacted. Yeah, Libby, this was so 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 much fun um yep
0: if you have an idea that you want to share uh go ahead and send that over to at can we save pod on instagram and hey maybe one of your ideas will show up in our podcast
1: as one did this week
2: absolutely and it was chosen by libby which i think based off of how good this episode turned out that we might as well just talk that up as a win for me as well
1: i don't know that's a Chosen by scratch. Libby
0: is a good omen. Yep. All right. Thank Hello. you all for listening. And uh, you see all. you next week. Thank you, guys. Bye,
1: everyone.